Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. What's going on, guys? Uh, joint practices going on in Vegas there between the Raiders and 49ers. Uh, day one on Thursday. Got another one on Friday before the preseason opener on Sunday. Uh, big story, obviously, everybody excited to see Jimmy Garoppolo against his former team. But uh, just kind of take us through that first joint practice today. Uh, what, what were the big takeaways uh, that, from what you could see through your binoculars way off in the distance. I don't know if they were even practicing in Henderson. Maybe they were uh, all the way down on the strip. But uh, what, what were your main takeaways from day one? It's friendly, man. I mean, I, I was expecting a little bit more friction. I mean, you know, you had, had Kyle Shanahan and Max Crosby having their, their their joyful reunion. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Cleve Farrell catching up with his old teammates. We didn't have any fights today. You know, we had a couple of skirmishes. But it was, you know, pretty clean practice. You know, both coaches got to get through everything they wanted to without any major hiccups. So that was probably the surprising part for me. I was expecting some some more fireworks. Yeah, I agree. The coaches uh, told the players that if anybody threw a punch, they'd be thrown off the field, and the players actually listened. It was, uh, I thought at one point, it was a weird day weather-wise. It rained uh, early this morning. It was cold. We got a break. It was kind of cooler the first half hour of practice. Then the heat got uh, got serious. And I thought at that point we might get some tempers flaring, but uh didn't happen. So, uh I, I like uh, training camp and uh, fights, but uh, nothing today. But uh, it was like, a, like he said, it was a clean day. I thought uh, there were some guys in defense who stood out, but um, Jimmy G was fine. He made some nice passes in the uh, in the two-minute drill. So uh, I think the Raiders are happy with what happened today. You know, it seems like joint practices used to be a thing that maybe teams would do like every three to four years. And so when they did happen – there was a lot of juice at him. I mean, nowadays that almost every team has at least one set. The Raiders are doing it back-to-back weeks. I kind of feel like it's maybe become become so commonplace that that's probably eventually going to lead to less of the, the fights that you typically see at those joint practices just because it's such an important day of work. And I think that's what you're hearing a lot of the coaches stress to the players nowadays going into these sessions. Like, this is a big day of work for us. It's our most important day of work at camp so far. Like, don't screw around and start getting into fights and get kicked off the practice field and screw up that day at work. And so maybe that's uh, that's part of what's at play there with a, with a mild joint practice. Well, that's valid. You know, this is their first time really this year, you know, at least since since we got 18 last season going against somebody else. You know, they went through all of OTAs the first couple of weeks of training camp. So it had been a while. So usually that that leads to a little bit more friction. Um, just your first time going against somebody that's not really obligated to like you very much. But, you know, we didn't see it. But, you know, just in terms of actual work getting done, it seemed like they 
put a big emphasis on one-on-ones today. Um, I, I think we saw them, you know, obviously offensive line, defensive line, receivers against cornerbacks. Um, they spent a lot of time on, on those kind of individual drills. Um, and, you know, there, there were some team periods, obviously, but, um, you know, a couple 11 on 11 sessions. But they seem to be more focused on, on individual work today, in my opinion, and kind of fine-tuning some of those fundamentals um, in, in a more competitive setting. And so, like you said at the beginning, we, we couldn't see too much of uh, what was going on with the receivers and cornerbacks because they were on the far side of the field and also the Raiders' offense. But and so I would say most of our takeaways came from, from the trenches um, on both sides of the ball. And I thought both defensive lines had a good day. Um, the 49ers defensive line, we all, we all know what they're, they're capable of, even without Nick Bosa. That's one of the best units in the league, especially adding you know, Javon Hargrave um, to that unit. And then the Raiders' defensive line, you know, I thought they they stood out against the 49ers' line. So it was it was a win for the d- defensive lines today, in my opinion. You know, as far as this new landscape of offseason um, work, you know, with less preseason games and, you know, starters not even playing in a lot of these preseason games, maybe even only playing one game. You know, I think these coaches find these joint practices more valuable because it's a controlled setting. You're still getting a look at another team, uh, you know, really you know blue chip players and in, in some cases especially against a team like the Niners you can run schemes that you might not want to run in preseason because you don't want to get these you don't want to get those plays on film it, these practices aren't videotaped for the most part I mean some teams let media videotape but they're not letting you guys videotape they're not even letting you guys see it from you know a, a reasonable distance so they can run what they want and uh, yeah it's a good, good reps against a really quality team against like the Niners yeah, and coaches have preferred this to like the preseason games because you actually can't control exactly what you want to see. The two coaches meet last night and they talk about, I want to work on this, I want to work on that. So you can kind of plan the whole thing out to kind of suit both your needs and both what you want to see and ideally, you know, avoid any kind of injury or any kind of shenanigans. But um, yeah, it, it, was, um, it wasn't event-filled, but it definitely I think it was productive for, for both sides. You know, obviously Garoppolo was the big story going against your former team. I mean, a, a team that he led to a Super Bowl or was was a member of on, on their way to a Super Bowl and won a lot of games there and everyone wanted to see what the interactions were like. Andre James talked after practice and said he was basically the same guy. And that, not not surprising that Garoppolo wouldn't get out there and and start uh, you know trash talking and, and making it seem like it was a big deal. But did you sense any extra fire on him in, in either talking to the media afterwards or out there at practice? Uh, you know, I know a lot has been made of the way he exited the 49ers Kyle Shanahan pretty dismissively right after the season saying, nope, I, I don't see any scenario in him coming back. And, you know, I think he's admitted that that did bother him a little bit, um, you know, in that article with uh, Mike Silver, the San Francisco Chronicle the other day. Did you guys sense anything from him that he was a little extra fired up to go up against his uh, former team? I didn't. I mean, I think you know, he's watching him. He's kind of like, like Andre said, it's kind of the same guy, very cool and collected. I think, you know, he, he talked about in the past, that might get a little fiery and talk some trash. But I think with these guys, the, I mean, everyone's talked about how close he was with the Niners guys in the locker room. And so maybe it was more like a nostalgic, warm feeling than kind of really ultra competitive. I think he, plus he's working on things. He's still kind of working the rust off. So I don't think there was that, uh, that fire to embarrass anybody or kind of uh, talk trash. I think he was kind of... Um, just kind of took it in stride. Maybe we'll see more competitive fire next week against the Rams. But today, I was just like part of you know, getting work done and getting better and, and making strides. He's had two good days on a row uh, after a rough weekend. 
reading between the lines, like if, if there is any sort of animosity there, I don't, I don't think it's between Jimmy and, and the players per se. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that he'd be talking any additional trash to them in particular. But even in his press conference, like he seemed pretty even killed and normal and regular Jimmy G. And so not too much crazy going on out there. I will say, you know, something that just from a performance standpoint, and we've, you know, written and talked about it in the last couple of weeks, it's been a little rough for him going against the Raiders defense, a lot of turnovers and inaccuracy. And he was pretty clean today. Like, I, at least I didn't see him throw any interceptions. I didn't see any turnovers on his part. And um, he ended off practice pretty strong during a uh, sort of a, a move the ball period, a two minute, two minute drill, 11 on 11. And um, I think he only had two incompletions that drive and, and had a nice um, touchdown pass to Austin Hooper in the back of the end zone. And that was going against the, the 49ers starting defense. And so he had one of his best you know, performances just in terms of taking care of the ball today, you know, all training camp as he, you know, kind of continues to work himself back into a groove coming off that, uh, that foot surgery. That was probably the play of the day that uh, catch by Hooper. He made a diving catch. It actually was um, penalty flags were thrown for defensive pass interference, but he still caught the ball. So. A nice play for him. He's kind of playing more now with Michael Mayer being out for a while. But, um, yeah, I think he'll definitely a guy you can – another guy you can count on in the red zone. And I think something else that was, um, at least at times, from what, again, from what we could see, like the off, like I said, the offensive line was on a losing end, I would say, today against the 49ers defensive line. And you could see some situations where Garoppolo was pressured pretty quickly. Obviously, there's no live contact um, in, the, in these practices, but – you know, a couple of plays that were, you know, either sacks or near near sacks. And he didn't seem to be uh, too flustered and was able to get the ball out pretty quickly um, before the defense got there most of the time. And so a lot of that obviously is rooted in timing, both between him and the receivers. And it seemed like they were on the same record today and, and avoided too many mishaps when they came to, you know, the protections breaking down and, and getting to them. Like the O-line was pretty was pretty mid. The kids said it was pretty mid. The O-line was mid today, but... Uh... It was a nice little throat shot by uh, by Greg Van Rotten. I, I like that kind of stunned uh, the Niners guy. So that was a nice little moment for uh, people who are watching. How did uh, old Cleveland Farrell do? There's uh, there's some whispers he might be the starter if uh, if nobody steps up on the other side across from Nick Bosa. Yeah, he looked pretty he looked pretty solid um, during one on one. He actually probably had the most impressive one on one rep of any 49ers defensive lineman today. I think it was I'm pretty sure I don't hope hopefully this is the guy and I'm not shitting on the wrong guy. But I think it was Dalton Wagner, uh the undrafted rookie tackle. Like he just Who, who's he? Go, go ahead and shit yeah. that guy. I don't know who yeah, that guy is. He got, he got like the biggest he got like the biggest <laughs> signing bonus of all their undrafted. Anyway, anyway, anyway. He's like immediately off the snap. He just throws the guy. Like he just laid laid him out, just tossed him to the ground. <laughs> and it was like the easiest win that I saw all day in the one on one. Like, yo, where, where the hell was this guy? Like, I've never seen you do that in my life. So he, I don't know, he was looking pretty good out there, man. Chris Corrick, man, he just he knows how to bring out the best of these guys. And I, I think he has a thing for for Raiders D defensive linemen too. I mean, you know, Arden Key signed Mo Hurst, and now all of a sudden. Tullin Farrell, who was out of the rotation in the Raiders defensive line, could somehow be a starter in the Niners defensive line the year after. That's kind of kind of crazy. Worst case scenario, he's like the number five defensive lineman. I mean, he, that's the worst case scenario. He's number five in their rotation. If, if Bosa and Drake Jackson, their second round pick from last year, do start and they got Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead in the middle. I mean, at worst case, he's the number five guy who's going to rotate you know, kind of play a little inside, a little outside. So, I mean, he that they are definitely counting on him to have a big role. 
if I recall, I felt Cleve played pretty well against the Niners last year in the game. In the end of last year, I thought he had some plays in that game that sure caught their eye. And again, you know, on paper and talking to him, sure, it looks like a guy who can play inside and outside. He's you know, a good team guy. He's a smart guy. I could see why you think, you know, we can get more out of him than they did. I definitely can see if you have faith in your coaching staff, that's the thought you have. And let's talk a little bit about the Raiders defense. Certainly you guys have written optimistically uh, about them so, lately. So positive. And, so uh, positive. It's, Too positive. It's one of those where I, th- I think for you know our, our listeners, Raiders fans, that when they hear about practices where their defense is making all these interceptions, they're going to start blaming the offense and getting mad because they, they, there's going to be skepticism always that this the defense is actually making plays until you actually see it in the regular season. But give us some reason for optimism. I mean, they are getting their hands on the ball, which... I mean, you guys have been at camp for the last several years, Vic, forever. I mean, training camp interceptions are don't necessarily mean anything in terms of what they're going to do in the regular season, but it, it does, you know, show a sign of, of, of an active defense if they're able to get their hands on the ball. And, uh, you know, so there, there are some reasons to, to be optimistic. Yeah, I mean, the, the secondary looks like it could be better than expected, which what was expected was basically nothing. So that's that's, you know... Can only go up. Is the secondary this year's version of the offensive line where we we went in have having zero expectations and the fact that they were like average that we come away like really impressed? Is that is that where we're going? You guys laughed at me when I, I said earlier in this offseason that the cornerback group might not be as bad as people think it is. For one, there's been a big there's, there's been a the big guy addition that you were talking about it that's happened <laughs> since then named Marcus Peters that kind of changed the equation a little bit between between now and then. So yeah, obviously. You know, adding, you know, one of the, the best ball hawking cornerbacks in the league the last decade or so, um, and Marcus Peters is, is, is really been infectious, I would say, for the entire group. Jacorian Bennett, who, you know, he started to come on pretty strong toward the end of OTAs. He's really hit the ground running in training camp. And he, he's a guy, he's the, probably the fastest guy on the team, um, long arms, makes a lot of plays on the ball in college. And that's that's carried over to the to the to practice. So far, obviously he hasn't played any games. Trayvon Morick looks looks a little bit more comfortable. Um, playing on the back end, Marcus Epps has been a stabilizing force alongside him. He's a very, you know, Epps isn't like a dynamic playmaker, but he's a smart player. He's often in the right position, and it seems like he's been able to, you know, help help Merritt kind of inherit some of those traits within his game. And they haven't really allowed too many explosive plays when they're both out there during training camp that I've seen. And so, um, and then Nate Hobbs, you know, he's moving back to nickelback, which he he thrived at as a rookie. And then last year, obviously, he had to play outside due to some injuries and. He had some injuries himself, and he really didn't have a good year, but he's looked pretty good at nickelback. And so, you know, it's a pretty young group outside of Marcus Peters, um, but they've seemed to gel pretty quickly. Um, they, they've worked out some chemistry. And um, outside of playing good coverage, you know, as, as you said, I mean, they're, they're getting a lot of pass deflections, um, a lot of interceptions. I will say, like, a lot of these interceptions have been, like, maybe Ted could catch some of them because of how, you know, poorly thrown some of these passes have been. But... But they've been there. They've been there in position to make plays. And so uh, at least the starting secondary so far has, has been impressive. Oh, are you talking about these passes from Garoppolo or, or Brock Purdy? Everybody. Oh. Everybody. Oh, not, oh, I thought you meant among, among the Raiders. Brock Purdy. I mean, Brock, I think Brock threw like one today. I think Marcus okay. Peters got him once. I didn't like clearly see it, but I, I did see Marcus with the ball. But, but throughout training camp overall in terms of, of – Raiders quarterbacks have, have lofted up some easy ones up there, but you still got to give the defense credit um, for what they've done so far. I know you guys probably can't see it, but I'm curious how Bennett matches up with, you know, Brandon Ayuk one-on-one. 
a lot of bodies in our way. Like they kind of line the guys up <laughs> between the fields so we really can't see. But I mean, I think there was some debate if that was uh, Marcus Peters or Duke Shelley with the pick today, but they are getting to the ball. They're more aggressive. I think uh, Meek Robertson had a nice play today, not a pass down. So you hope that's contagious. You hope they kind of can keep building on that in terms of when the real game start. But um, I don't know if that's the, you know, the system being simpler this year, if they kind of dumbed it down a little bit from last year, but they made some nice, it seems like it's early, but they made some nice acquisitions. I think uh, we talked about Jacorian Bennett. Looks like the real deal. Looks like a guy who has speed and some ball skills and is smart. That's a great combination. I think David Long was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Uh, he looks like a nice piece. And Marcus Epps has been really impressive, a guy who's kind of come in and kind of established himself early on as kind of the guy, the voice back there. And I think Trayvon's kind of following his lead. He's been better. So those are all good signs. I think um, the secondary was not good last year, but I think the guys they brought in this year seem to be on the right track to be guys who can actually uh, make some plays. Duke Shelley, that was your guy, right, Ted? Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, <laughs> he had some potential to be a starter. He made some nice plays last year. So I think Crosby confirmed it was Marcus Peters that made the pick. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, somebody got a pick. One other guy that I would mention that's that's kind of come on strong in training camp um, as as a third safety is um, Isaiah Polamal. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, but he was a undrafted guy last year. He didn't. He started to play a little bit towards the end of the season. Didn't 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 look too good. But so far in training camp, um, he he seems to be settled in a little bit more. He's come up with a couple interceptions um, so far. He's he's a pretty tall guy. He's almost. Six four, six five. He's he's a little bit lighter, maybe maybe two oh five. So he doesn't have you know some of the size of a you know strong safety, traditional strong safety. But they've been using him all over the place, whether it's on the back end as a box safety slot defender. And he's been making some plays. You know, I think coming into camp, I kind of expected Roderick Teamer to to have a pretty firm hold in that third safety job. But he stepped up, and that's another young guy who who wasn't really a known commodity coming into training camp, and so. They just had a, a bunch of guys, man, making plays out there. And so we'll, we'll see if it translates, um, you know, to, to games starting this weekend. But it's been it's been good signs so far. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deshaun, you referenced uh, Max Crosby and uh, Kyle Shanahan exchanging words, and uh, I guess it was in relation to the 2019 draft interview when, uh, I mean, hey, we all know Max Crosby was not a a highly thought of prospect, uh, went in the fourth round of the Raiders, and I mean, the Niners didn't do so bad themselves in that draft, grabbing Nick Bosa, you know, defensive player of the year last year. Uh, He's holding out right now, but uh, um, those guys have have been two of the best edge rushers in the league, really, in their class. I mean, they were 1-2 in the, uh, the rookie of the year voting that 
that rookie year. Um, you know, for Crosby, I mean, this just seems like such a, a great setting. I know for the Niners, they were looking forward to having their offensive line get a chance to go up against him just because their offensive line has not gotten to face Bosa over this past training camp. I mean, what what is it like getting a, a chance to watch him in, in these settings? And it'll obviously be fun again next week in L.A. going up against somebody else uh, where you can really just see him. You just see a guy that hit, came into the league with not a whole lot of expectations, and he just keeps growing that game. Yeah, I think one of the best best matchups we're going to see um, between these two practices is, is him against Trent. Williams and one-on-ones I mean that's you know Trent is I would say the best left tackle in the league and Crosby's a top five or so pass rusher and so that, that that's obviously a huge challenge for anyone um, but it's, it's kind of like two titans going against each other I would say Trent Williams got the better of him in one-on-ones today that's obviously nothing to be um, ashamed about there um, and it's, it's typically since since Max lines up at left defensive end he doesn't really line up across from left tackles too frequently he's usually going against the right tackle and which is typically most teams like that's their weaker tackle um and so i'm sure for him you know that's he, he kind of t- likes getting that challenge of going against somebody that he probably usually isn't going to see in an actual game setting when it came to going against the 49ers actual right tackle who i had no idea who the fuck is what his name is Colton yeah, that guy. Um, Colton McKibbitt. Long day for that guy, I believe. I kept seeing, kept seeing Crosby <laughs> celebrating in the backfield. You know, kind of from the glimpses that we could see. That's that's when he went to go talk shit to Shanahan. Was he just breeze past that name you just said and was in the backfield and talking a little shit to Shanahan? And so, let's be fair. The guy's been facing uh, Clee Farrell all training camp, and now he's got Max Crosby. That's a, that's a little bit. Yeah, different. That's true for people that that maybe are not as tapped in with the Niners. Nick Nick Bosa is uh, currently not practicing with the team because he he wants a new deal right and so um he wasn't out there today so we didn't get to compare compare him and crosby but you know they they got a nice challenge today for sure for the interior guys they have to go against javon hargrave and eric armstead so that's that's a good look for them and some good uh good reps for them did you guys see how those guys uh held up against the niners interior uh yeah good day for the niners interior for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would say Good rep Armstead. I mean, he he just bull rushed Dylan Parham on one of those one on ones, and it was it kind of looked like it kind of reminded me in the Steelers game last year when um uh who's the, who's the interior uh, defensive line? Yeah, Cam Hayward just kind of pushed him back right into Derek Carr, kind of similar situation to that. And then Jermaine Luminor, I think he had uh, kind of some struggles today. Um, we've we've kind of seen him the past week or so. Um, you know, as as Thayer Munford has kind of pushed ahead in that right tackle battle. Um, but he spent a lot of time today talking with McDaniels and, and uh, offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo. And so I think he's going through it a little bit from uh, from a confidence standpoint right now. And um, like Vic said, uh, Greg, Greg Van Roten got a good shot in. Alex Bars had a, had a rough time against those guys. And, and again, like these are some of the best defensive tackles in, in the entire league. They're not going to go against these guys every single week, but you would hope they uh, can, can win a few more of them going into the day, the day two. Let's talk a little bit about the preseason opener. I mean, it, it's a preseason game. You know, we we know to take all those with a grain of salt. But I mean, for for us, for Raider fans, for everybody, I mean, especially for for fans that are not at camp every day like you guys, I mean, this is the first time seeing this team and. Uh, you know, what, in seven months, eight months, whatever it is, uh, since last January. What are we looking for, you know, in this first preseason game? Uh, the, the Raiders have gotten a couple of guys back on that defensive interior. Uh, Byron Young is back practicing. Neil Farrell is back, right? I, I don't know if those guys are going to be ramped up and ready to go by Sunday. Uh, but what are the biggest things you guys are looking forward to, to watching on Sunday when, you know, we really get to see live snaps, 
ball carries being tackled to the ground. Uh, what, what are we looking forward to? Well, being able to see the action will be will be great. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to see what's going on. I don't I'd be like <laughs> the best part. You know, I, I think for me it'll be looking at Zamir White. Obviously, last year the first preseason game we had the infamous why is Josh Jacobs out there moment. Now Josh Jacobs is not signed, and so he doesn't have a chance to be out there, and so. Zamir White, you know, maybe they start Amir Abdullah, but Zamir White is going to take, I would say, the bulk of the the, the starting carries, most likely going up against the 49ers. So how does he look? Um, you know, they, they've said he, he you know, has greater confidence this season, knows the scheme better, has improved as a pass blocker and receiver. And so getting a sense of him, like, obviously, you know, I, I think we're all still in consensus that we think Jacobs is, a, is ultimately going to come back and play. But if he doesn't, or even looking ahead to the future, like, you know, if, if things kind of deteriorate, maybe not this year, but next year between Jacobs and the Raiders, like, is is White a guy that could be a starter for them sometime, you know, moving forward, which that's what they were thinking when they took him in the fourth round, obviously, last year. And so seeing seeing how he's progressed in his quest to become, you know, a starting caliber running back would be really my number one thing going into the game. I thought uh, Byron Young was active today. He had a nice play where he shed a block and chased someone down. I think he'll probably play. That's a guy who could be a key guy in year one. I think he'll play both inside and outside. And really, the, the big star, one of the big stars today was the rookie uh, Nesta Jade Silvera. He had a great day today, a lot of pressure. And Max Crosby asked him about him after, and he's like the guy he came in day one. He's really hungry. He's kind of a different kind of guy, and he said he'll be a big player for us. So uh, that's a, a lot of th- uh, nice things to say about a guy who was – a late round pick, so I think he's a guy who can build off this these two days, have a nice game this weekend, and kind of probably win himself a spot. I think that's uh, I wouldn't think that was possible, but I think there's a deep, deep D line group. But again, had a great day today and a great game on Sunday would help his cause. Another guy that's still in the mix, I think, is Malcolm Coons, a guy we don't talk about much anymore. I kind of thought he was dead man walking, but he's had a nice camp. Max also talked him up today. I thought he looked good today. Showed his speed, has some power. So another guy can make an impression for himself this weekend to try and earn a spot. But um, some good battles, especially on the, the trenches on, on both sides. You guys seen him all camp, but you know I haven't seen any uh, Jacorian Bennett at all. So I'm really curious to see him in some live game action. I assume he gets some nice reps being a rookie and all. So I'm just really curious to see how he holds up in some game action. I mean, I think when you talk about the receiving core, you know, we all know what they have, in, you know, in, in Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, we'll see what his kind of role is. But Trey Tucker, you want to see what that speed looks like on an NFL field, right? I mean, I think, uh, you know, seeing what kind of a, you know, you expect that he's going to have a role as a rookie, even though it's probably going to be a fairly small role considering the veterans they have there. But um, I think he's a guy that you want to see. A lot of times you see, you know, receivers that come out and have a big training camp because that's that's their one opportunity that they're going to get a lot of targets. So it'd be nice to see see what uh what he looks like and you know we know there's guys that got a lot of speed but uh you know when when you see it translate to that nfl level for the first time it's fun to see too i think we'll be back at it again with offensive line watch at least on the right side of the unit um you know typically veterans you know at least under mcdaniels they, they haven't played in the preseason but you know i'm thinking with those two being in the right guard and right tackle being active competitions i think we'll see alex bars Van roden um illuminor and munford most likely play um this weekend and so seeing, especially, you know, as we said, obviously, you know, the, the stars when we playing uh, on the 49ers defensive front, but still a good defense, seeing how they perform and, and hold up and, and who's able to kind of carve out the lead in that race um, will be good to see. Kind of the interior offensive line depth just overall, you know, a guy like McClendon Curtis, a pretty raw, you know, young guy that, that's kind of flashed in practice, but 
seems to be like more of a, a ball of clay right now than a finished product. You know, how does he hold up in a live game? You know, I, I think there's definitely some questions about the depth on the interior more so than tackle. It's not like they have elite tackles outside of Colton Miller, but you know, I, I think they have a good amount of answers there. Um, you know, a few guys that theoretically could be dependent on, but on the interior, it seems to be a little thin. So um, I'm interested to see how they hold up. I know for fans, it'll be a little bit disappointing that it seems like they probably won't be seeing the, their top two picks in the draft out there. Um, obviously, Tyree Wilson is still on the non-football injury list. with, And it's just designated with that because he, he suffered the injury when he was in college. It's just the same foot injury. He hasn't had some type of new injury or anything because some people have been asking that. And then tight end Michael Mayer, he got banged up at practice last week. I don't want to speculate about what it was, but seemed like some sort of lower body type type situation. Um, he was walking kind of gingerly as he was coming off coming off the field. I mean, he didn't practice today. Like, I guess he could practice tomorrow and get ready for the game. But it seems like they probably, given how they've handled injuries so far, like I would I would imagine they're not going to rush it with him and, and throw him out there. And so, uh, unfortunately, we won't really get to see you know what Wilson and, and Mayer look like most likely this weekend. I know Ted will be excited about the uh, Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker will play a lot. Yeah, I was going to say. For, I was going to say. Competing for a back, backup tackle job against Justin Heron. So I think the fans are, he's the, he's the old guy of the, the, the team. He's a six-year, him and Colton are the, the seniors on his team now. So uh, he's got to earn, earn a spot starting uh, this weekend. Quarterback always is interesting to watch play. I mean, we don't expect to see Garoppolo, but I'm not sitting here saying I'm excited to see Brian Hoyer, uh, Aiden O'Connell. I mean, getting getting to see a, a rookie quarterback, see what they look like for the first time. I don't think anybody's really excited about a, a world in which Brian Hoyer is your backup quarterback. But, uh, you know, if O'Connell can have a decent preseason, um, we don't expect that he would jump up to the number two role. But I, I think the goal for the Raiders long term is that he's their long term backup, that he's a guy that could be the backup for, you know, the four years of his rookie deal. So um, getting a chance to see him for the first time, see if he, you know. See if he looks competent on an NFL field, right? I mean, if he's a guy that looks like he could have a future as their backup, um, nobody has delusions of him being the, uh, you know, the answer at quarterback. But, um, you know, I know Josh McDaniels has talked about the idea of he likes to to be able to draft a guy that he can kind of have developed as as a multi-year backup. And so uh, we'll see what he looks like. Yeah, he's been uneven, I'd say, so far. He kind of had a rough start to camp, but he's gotten better. I wouldn't say he's... Dallas on everyone, but you can see why they drafted him when they did. He's got some accuracy. He's a big kid and a decent enough arm. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. We'll see what we can do with, with uh, in the live game. I think that'd be better to see than what we have seen so far. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's another reason to watch. I haven't been too moved so far myself. No, no heads being turned yet. But um, you know, I, I think with him, that the thing that kind of jumps out is he's he's not really known for his mobility. He's a pretty stationary guy um and i think that leads to him you know he threw a good amount of interceptions in college i think that that probably leads to him forcing it sometimes and taking some risks so even though he's a he's an accurate thrower you know he he kind of you know put the ball in, in in harm's way sometimes out there and so um seeing if he can kind of settle down you know once the game gets going um and, and can play a little bit better um in, in a game setting maybe more so than practice um will definitely be be interesting to see like as you said because you know, knock on wood, obviously don't want anybody to get hurt. But if something were to happen, Garoppolo, like if they have to throw Hoyer out there, I mean, that's that's, that's a pretty spooky outcome. So you would hope that 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 maybe, you know, obviously we're not I don't think we're expecting O'Connell to become the, the guy of the future, but at least become like a spot starter caliber guy at some point would, would be great, given the quarterback that they have. I don't believe the Athletic existed the last time Brian Hoyer won a game as an NFL quarterback. Uh, maybe the Athletic Chicago is around. Um 
He's lost like 12 straight. I think that's all I saw. 12 straight starts he's lost. But again. I think 2016. I think, I, I, I think it was 2016. When it was that, the was, time he that was that. This is the new Hoyer. This is the new improved Brian Hoyer. McDaniels had to talk out of retirement, right? <laughs> I think All right, different. guys. Well, I think that'll wrap up this week's show. We'll look forward to seeing what the Raiders look like on Sunday against the 49ers. And we'll be back next week. Uh, you guys are going to be heading to L.A. for another round of joint practices, taking on the Rams. Second preseason game down there in L.A. And uh, it'll be fun to see what uh, what the Raiders look like, uh, see if the interior can do a, a little bit better against Aaron Donald than it does against the, uh, the Niners interior group. But, uh, I mean, hey, this is the time to have that challenge, right, to to get to face those guys. Uh, they're not going to face them in those preseason games, so it'll be good that, uh, that they get to go up against those guys. I mean, if you can't get yourself ready for uh, the season by facing Aaron Donald in practice, um, if you can even come close to holding your own against him, that'll uh, that'll only help you for the season. So uh, look forward to seeing what uh, joint practices look like next week in L.A. See you guys then. Peace. Later. All right, y'all. Adios. Yada, 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 yada. What the world needs now is love, sweet love.